Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, good morning, Christ United. As always, it is an incredible blessing to be with you, and it's an incredible blessing to be here with you worshiping our God. My name is David Duran, as Pastor Jeff mentioned, and it is my privilege to serve here as the youth director for Midland High School students. And let me just say, God is doing something incredible in the lives of our Midland High School students, so thank you so much for your prayers. Yes, give God a hand for that. Thank you for your support. It's, it's been incredible to see what God is doing here. Just a few minutes ago, we were expressing our worship through song, and it was beautiful. It always is. Every time we're here, just praising God with our voices. I want to offer you the opportunity right now to continue in worship. The worship doesn't stop when the music stops. This is a worship service. We're going to continue in worship, worshiping God. But what we're going to do now is we're going to open God's word and we're going to seek to know and understand him through his word. As Pastor Jeff mentioned, we're, we're going through the book of James and the, the sermons have been incredible. They've been powerful. And, and the, the letter that James wrote to Jewish Christians in the first century, it's tremendously practical in its application to our lives. And I know many of you who have been here have seen that. And if you didn't get a chance to, to see the sermons over the past few weeks, I want to encourage you, go to Christislove.org, pull up the app, watch those sermons. I promise you, I promise you, you'll be blessed at having done that. So many of us, again, we've seen the practicality of James. But James also speaks to some of the deepest issues of the human heart. And today, as we open God's Word, as we look at the book of James, you're going to see James is speaking to some deep foundational issues that we all need to understand. Now, before I open God's Word, I'm going to pray and ask God to bless our time this morning. So would you pray with me? Father, Thank you so much for bringing us here. Lord, thank you that we're able to worship you. God, I pray right now that the many distractions that we have in our lives, the many distractions that we brought in here this morning, God, please just block those out. And for the next few minutes, I pray that our total focus will be on your word. God, I pray right now that you'll open our hearts Open our minds to receive your truth this morning. God, I pray that everything I say up here will be true and honoring to your word. Father, please change us this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to invite you to turn with me to James chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Uh, if, if you're new to the Bible, James is in the New Testament, towards the back, uh, right, right past Hebrews if you're flipping to your right. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, the table of contents in the beginning is an excellent tool to help you find James. If, if you don't have a Bible, 
Um, over here in our, our prayer booth, I believe there will be somebody there at the end with Bibles. And if they're not there, come, come find me somewhere or someone with a name tag on. We'll make sure that you get a Bible before you leave here today. And if you do have your Bible and maybe you forgot to bring it this morning, I want to encourage you as we're, as we're going through God's word, we are going to have it up on the screens, but I've always found it so helpful to have it right in front of you to follow along as we're reading. So just, just want to encourage you to bring your Bibles here. Again, we're in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. This is what it says. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Father, speak this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In this passage, James is addressing something that is so crucial for us to understand. James is addressing the passions and the desires that we all have within us. And I want to define that for you just to make sure we're all on the same page here. When I say passions, or when I say desires... I am referring to the intense, driving, overmastering feelings that we all experience. These are our passions. Every single human being, every single person who has ever lived and ever will live, we have these passions within us. No one, no one is exempt from these types of feelings. And in this passage, James is showing Christians in the first century And he's showing us today that we all have a deep fundamental problem. We all have a deep fundamental problem, and it is this. We desire the wrong things. I'm going to say that again. We all have a deep fundamental problem. Every single person in here, every single person who has ever lived, whoever will live, we have a deep problem, and it's we desire the wrong things. Why is there quarreling? Why is there fighting? Why do you not have what you ask for? James states it clearly in verse 3. He says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend on your pleasures. Other translations may say passions there. Then James says something in verse 4. He says something that is so powerful and it's so weighty. We have to understand this. We have to feel this. Feel what he's saying. He says, you adulterous people. You adulterous people. 
And when we hear that, it may sting a little bit, but for those Jewish Christians in the first century, it would sting a lot. They would really feel that. Because do you know what the penalty for adultery under the law in the Old Testament was? Do you remember what the penalty was for adultery? The penalty was death. The penalty was death for committing adultery. Now you may be thinking, wow, that, that, is, a, that is a harsh penalty. That seems, a little, that seems a little harsh there, God. But please, I want you to understand this. God did not desire, he didn't want anyone to be put to death, but he wanted people to see and understand the significance of their sin. This, this adultery, this spiritual adultery that we're talking about is significant. And I believe that James uses this same language because he wants the people that he was writing to and he wants us today to see and understand the danger and the consequences of misguided passions. The consequences are severe. You see, the act of adultery in the Old Testament, it may have led to physical death. But if our desires, if our desires are set on anything but our Heavenly Father, it will lead to eternal death. How do I know this? Because James says it. In verse 4, he says, Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, we need to make sure we're clear in understanding what James is saying here. James is not saying, don't love the people of the world. He's not saying, don't love the lost, don't care about their needs, don't care about their hurts. He's not saying that. That would go against everything that Jesus said and taught. So James is absolutely not saying those things. But I think 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, they make it really clear what it means to love the world. So we're going we're to go there really quick. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That is what it means to love the world. You love the things of your flesh, you love physical pleasure, the desires of your eyes, you love your possessions, and you love your pride more than you love and cherish God. That is what it means to love the world. And if you do that, if we do that, we make ourselves an enemy of God's. We're an enemy of God's. If we have traded his love and his grace and his mercy for the things of the world, we've committed that spiritual adultery, we become an enemy of God's. But here is the good news. Please hear this this morning. Here is the good news. Even though our passions betray us, and make us an enemy of God, he still loves us. He still loves us so much so that he sent Jesus to die for us. The book of Hosea in the Old Testament, if you've never read through Hosea, I want to encourage you to do that. It shows God's strong, immense love for us, even while we're living in this adulterous relationship with the world. Go read Hosea if you've never done that. And if if you think about it, If you think about this, God has every right to be angry with us. He has every right to be angry because we're guilty of adultery. 
We're guilty of spiritual adultery. We've traded his immense love, his immense love that he lavishes on us. We've traded it for lesser things. And every single one of us is guilty of that. C.S. Lewis, one of the the greatest Christian apologists of the 20th century, many of you would be familiar with with his writings, Chronicles of Narnia is something that he did, but he's done many other uh, wonderful writings. I encourage you to read C.S. Lewis. But I think he, he sums it up perfectly when he says this. He says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. Friend, this, this is our problem. This is our problem. We are too easily pleased and we're too easily satisfied with the things of the world. We are. We're too easily satisfied with the things of the world. And, and here is the reality. Even though we're all guilty of this spiritual adultery, all of us, I can't say that enough, we're all guilty of this spiritual adultery, God still, he still yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. And he shows us grace even though we have done nothing to deserve it. We've done nothing to deserve his grace, but he lavishes it upon us. And if we will humble ourselves before God, if we will submit to him, if we will resist all the evil schemes of the devil, if we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us. In verse 9, James says something that can, that can trip us up if we're not careful. He says, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Again, we want to be careful here and make sure we understand what James is saying. James is not saying that if we draw near to God, our life will become miserable. No, quite the opposite is true. And I know there's many people in here today who can testify to that. When you draw near to God, when you come into his grace, into his love, the feeling of joy and satisfaction and peace that you receive is is like nothing that this world can offer you. So James is not saying that. What James is saying is we need to mourn our sin. We need to mourn our sin Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Some of us today, some of us this morning, we need to mourn the adulterous relationship that we have had with the world. Trading the eternal pleasures of God for the temporary pleasures of the flesh. Some of us need to humble ourselves before the Lord today. Some of you need to enter God's grace this morning. Some of you for the very first time. Today can be the day where you enter into God's grace. Church, we can't play both sides of the fence on this. We can't afford to play both sides of the fence. We either love God, we love him, or we love the things of the world. It's one or the other. It can't be both. We can't live in this spiritual adultery. Love God or we love the things of the world. And God, God wants you to come to him. 
He wants you to be broken before him. And he wants to lift you up. This morning, you can come. You can come and receive him for the first time. Today can be the day for you. Verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And not, not so that your name can be known. He doesn't want to lift your name so that your name can be elevated among your peers, that everybody can know who you are. No, that's, that's not what he's about. It's not so that your name can be known, but so that his glory can be seen. Church, this, this is the bottom line this morning. This is the bottom line this morning for everybody. We need a heart transplant. We need a heart transplant. Not a physical heart transplant. No, something far more significant and important than a physical heart transplant. We need a spiritual heart transplant. We need our passions and our desires that we have within us. We need them to be changed. But we can't do this on our own. We can't change these desires on our own. But God, God can do this for us. He can remove our adulterous passions that we have, our love for the world, and he can give us pure, true, and holy passions. He will give us a desire for him, a deep desire for him. And in the process, we will experience the deepest joy and satisfaction that is possible on this planet. I have experienced this. Many people in here have experienced this. Nothing in the world compares to knowing Jesus. Nothing in the world compares to knowing Jesus. If you don't know him, if you don't know him, today can be the day where you enter that relationship with him for the first time. And maybe today your relationship with him towards God, towards Christ is lacking passion. This morning, renew your passion for God. Renew it for him. Feel his joy. Feel his satisfaction. The world cannot offer that to you. I promise you. You can keep searching. You can keep going, trying to find it in the world. You will never find it. And if you think you found it, if you think money and sex and power, if you think that those things are fulfilling you, then you are far too easily pleased. Church, our sin in forsaking God for the things of this world it leads to death. It leads to death. Forever separated from God in a place called hell. If we forsake God for the things of this world, we will experience hell for all eternity. But through Jesus, through Jesus Christ, eternal life is possible. Eternal life is possible for, through Jesus. And this eternal life, it changes everything for us. It changes everything for us, not, not just in the, in the future, not just when we die, but also in the present. Today, today, enter his grace. Enter his mercy. Find your satisfaction and joy in Christ. Nothing this world could ever offer you compares to that. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.